Welcome to Wine On, a podcast by SA Winos for our monthly wine club members. In this season, we're tasting Rhino Run organic wines. So far, we've had the Chenin Blanc, and in this episode, we will be tasting a South African specialty, Pinotage. I'm going to pass it over to my co-host, Francois, one of the frequent faces you see at SA Winos Warehouse located in South Austin, to tell us a little more about Pinotage. Brian, first off, you'd swear we've been recording for months. I mean, one heck of an intro, just bravo. Um, yeah, so so Pinotage, if, if you've been to the warehouse um, or you've talked to me at all about this grape, it is one of my favorite grapes. Um, I think what you're, what you're about to experience is something that uh, is, it's deep rooted in, in South African culture. So when uh, we kind of we're planning for this month's wine release we had we, we we had kind of a lot of thoughts around how we could launch these wines because Rhino Run has not been in Texas before um, they're launching all over including our our warehouse um, and we wanted to do something special and I kind of talked to my dad who's who's the owner of SA Winos and I thought you know launching a a range that has such a good pinotage deserved a braai Right. So Pinotage is the quintessential South African braai wine. If you go and do a braai, or I guess in Texas you call those barbecues, um, at someone's house on a Sunday afternoon and you don't bring a Pinotage, you are you're going to be scoffed at. So um, especially if it's a wine lover. Now, sometimes, you know, some people bring brandy and that's OK, too. Um, but but preferably Pinotage if it's a wine lover's house, because uh, you're going to be pairing this wine with some lamb chops, uh, some budavos, all that good stuff. Um, so, you know, Pinotage in and of itself, um, it, it's essentially, I mean, it's its own varietal. It's a red grape, um, but it has a unique history. Um, when South Africans brought Pinot Noir to the Cape to grow, uh, they couldn't get it to grow. There's quite a bit of issues with uh, various uh, different blights and and you know pesticides fungicides um, they just could not or not pesticides pests um, <laughs> they they could not get Pinot Noir to produce good good wine so uh, there was a lot of research done uh, specifically at the University of Stellenbosch uh, by a viticulturalist down there to determine uh, you know how can we get the Pinot Noir grape to grow maybe we crossbreed it with another grape um, and kind of you know produce a new varietal that borrows, you know, characteristics from, from two grapes that do grow down here. Um, so what, what the, uh, scientists ended up landing on was a varietal that combined, uh, Cinso and Pinot Noir into, uh, what we now know as Pinot Tage. Um, it's a pretty bold varietal, but it does have a tendency when it makes good wine to be a little lighter and, and, and fruitier on the front end and then finishing a little bit bolder, smoky, you know, earthy, uh, which is what people tend to like about it. Now, I will say it is a very divisive grape. It's not a grape that everybody loves. Um, this specific version of it being that, you know, Rhino Run is an organic uh, uh, line from the Van Leeuwen estate. Um, it's a delicious wine. Uh, I don't think I've had one quite this fruit forward, but it's nice. It's a very, very nice um, kind of well-balanced uh, Pinotage, unlike some of the other ones that can sometimes present a little bit of an acetone flavor to some people. Uh, this one does not have a hint of that. So um, 
with all that being said, uh, I, I think it's probably time to taste this one. Absolutely. And while you're while you're tasting there, Francois, I have to say, you know, we've been friends for a very long time. I mean, coming up on like what, 15 years, 16 years. And for as long as we've known each other, Pinotage has been the wine of celebration with Francois and his family. So anytime that he is him and his family have come to visit me, uh, they've, they've brought a bottle of Pinotage. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be a party now. So yeah. it's it's good to hear like the 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 backstory and the history of such a unique wine, uh, a unique wine to South Africa. So thank you for sharing that with us. No, absolutely. And I, th- I think there's one more thing before we get to tasting. I know everybody's getting to tasting. Um, we do have to kind of walk through, you know, the facts of this wine. I, I totally forgot about that. It's episode two. Sometimes things, you know, trip your wires. So, yeah. um, like I said, it's uniquely South African. Uh, what you'll probably get on the front end, like the nose, um, it, what they claim is ripe banana, um, cassis, which I'm not sure I know what that is. I'm going to look to Brian Cassie, for what that is. It's cassis and it is a black currant in the rest of the world. Okay. Okay. Uh, strawberries and then, um, the fruit, right? So that the fruit I get got right away. I'm going to spoil my kind of tasting, um, thing here. Cause I did taste this right, right before just couldn't resist. I love Pinotage. Um, and then on the palate, you get some spice and some vanilla, um, that ends up lingering, uh, on the palate. The style is medium body. Um, so you're looking at more along the lines of that kind of Merlot. Um, again, very important, something not a lot of people um, understand the importance of, and we can get into this on future casts, uh, the tons per acre. This is right around that three to four tons an acre mark again. Um, vines are 10 years old, which means they're well into their maturity, producing good grapes, perfect grapes for making good wine. Um, they are hand harvested. So that's one of the unique things in a lot of the vineyards that you'll find in the SO, SA Winos Wine Club. Um, a lot of our grapes and vineyards are a lot of our vineyards use hand harvesting, uh, because they, they do believe that, you know, certain, just because a certain cluster of grapes is ready, doesn't mean that you cut the entire vine, right? So they, they will pick things for ripeness. It has a certain color. And if a cluster needs to stay on for a day or two longer, they do that and they go back to that vin- to that vine and, and pick that cluster, which is something you won't see in, you know, bulk winemaking um, at these prices, which is why we love bringing these, these, these wines to, to the world. Well, that's um, excellent. Sorry, I was going to say, I mean, that's just another reason that like the tonnage per acre thing makes a difference because you can, if you have those low tonnage per acres, you, you can focus in on the quality of the grape rather than making sure that you have enough juice at the end of the season to run. You're picking the best, gra- the, the, the grapes that will produce the best liquid at the end of the season. So yeah, precisely. And, and, and it's something, I mean, this Pinotage runs $18, um, you know, depending on, on where you get it. If, if you, if you look at that price range, it is impossible to get something this well maintained at that price range. It's it's just not. For example, here in Central Texas, we've got a vineyard doing this exact same thing. Um, great vineyard. Their wines are sixty to seventy dollars a bottle. So um, it's it's just very difficult to you know compete in the new world with with this kind of winemaking. Um, well, we've we've talked enough. Let's get down into the tasting notes. Yeah, one one last thing. Sorry, I just want to oh. be sure everybody knows how this is aged, right? So um, it's fermented on skins for seven days. 
that's kind of an important process to to imparting some of the flavors and also kind of the tannins that come from the grapes. Um, and then what they do is they age it in stainless steel tanks, and then they take the bulk of the wine that they've made and they blend it across those tanks, stabilize it, filter it, and bottle it. So um, Pinotage is a very difficult wine to make well. Um, it's not it's not your Chenin Blanc toss it in a steel tank and <laughs> throw some wood chips in and get it you know get it flavored. This is um, there's a lot more to it, and you 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 understand it once you've had a bad pinotage and this is not a bad pinotage so <laughs> enough said let's taste okay <laughs> um we are joined to see this this episode uh by christina uh who who is providing her tasting notes as well um christina would you like to kick us off and uh tell us what you're picking up in this wine sure thing thanks for having me back you guys for my favorite part um so I know that we're supposed to be a little um, fruit forward here, and I'm definitely picking up on some berries on the nose, but man, everything that I'm tasting is a little bit more spice forward. I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting the curant, I'm getting, or however it's pronounced. Um, I'm getting some tobacco and just kind of some spicy notes. I'm not getting a whole bunch of bananas or, um, you know, if, if I had to pick a berry, maybe blackberry, but not, not a whole bunch of fruit today. I, that's just not, not what I'm picking up on. I do like it. Um, I don't know if I, in terms of red wines for me, it's considered kind of a lighter red wine for me. So I might not pair it with my heavy, um, meats, but I think it'd be a great wine for, a lighter, like a, a pork or a chicken, um, personally. Yeah. Well, and you, you, you said something, uh, today you were, you were talking about tasting it today. Um, and it's important to remember that any tasting, whether you're doing wine tasting, you're doing uh, port tasting, brandy, bourbon, whatever tasting you're doing, um, those tastes that you're picking up at that moment are going to be influenced by everything you've had to eat to drink that day, whether your allergies are acting up a little bit, you may not get some of the more nuanced flavors and aromas that you pull out of whatever it is that you're, you're tasting. Uh, if you had a spicy meal earlier in the day, your taste buds could be blown out. So you may not be able to taste the same things that others are. So keep all of that in mind when you're doing tastings with either with us or out at a vineyard, your favorite bar restaurant, uh, with your sommeliers pairings, don't hate on them. Uh, just acknowledge that uh, maybe maybe your taste buds are having a bit of an off day as well. So don't be too hard on yourself. Just uh, get a second bottle of wine and try it out later. You know, um, Francois, what are you picking up on this? I know you ta- you walked us through it, and uh, Christina gave some great notes. Uh, one of which yeah. I'll touch on in mine. Yeah, absolutely. So so just to your point there, if you enjoy a wine enough, you should get two bottles of it because of that very point. Um, same with beer. Uh, if, if you've tasted kind of these unique beverages long enough, you know that the weather can affect how they taste that day. And there's a lot of factors, right? You just start dealing with so many variables. So I normally, if I like something enough, two bottle minimum purchase, that's how I treat it. Um, this for me is probably a six pack because I love Pinotage. But um, when it comes to tasting notes on it, I definitely get the fruit forward. Um, front end, not on the taste, on the on the nose. Um, 
tons, tons of black. Well, I guess that would be black currant. I, I just like black stone fruit is kind of, you know, the way that I would I was gonna say think of it. A black cherry. I, I could see it as a prune too, you know, like dark cherries I've I've gotten out of mm-hmm. Pinotage before. Um the the tobacco and spice note is something that I really enjoy out of Pinotage, and I, I picked it up in this one a bit as well. Um, it reminds me of like if I was to put a, another spirit connection to it, it's like the bourbon of red wines in yeah. that like it's got a lot of different characteristics that can pop out at you differently you know, depending on the blend, depending on the the vineyard, whoever you know wh- what kind of grapes they yielded that year. Uh, but like vanilla, tobacco, those are all very connected notes uh, across across to the spirits yep. world, um, and it's very it makes it for a very interesting uh, red wine experience. Let me ask you this, Francois. Um, we talked about on the Chenin Blanc episode, maybe a little too late for some people, but we talked about needing to chill that that wine. Um, serving this red wine, what would you suggest? Anything special that we would need to do to enjoy it at yeah. its peak? Yeah. So so because um, Pinotage can be quite I'm going to say offensive right out of the bottle. Um, it, it's It's got a lot going on. You really want to have this 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 puppy aerate for a bit. So I would open it. I would uh, leave it on your counter. You don't need to put it through an aerator unless you really want to. Um, some people, for, for some people, that enhances the experience. For others, it mutes it a bit too much. It's a little bit too much oxidation going on. Um, I personally opened this about an hour ago. It's now for me at the peak. And what I would suggest people to do um, always when you aerate or when you when you let something decant, um, taste it before and then taste it every 15 minutes as that clock goes. And especially if, if you have two bottles, three bottles, right? If you only have one bottle, it's going to be more difficult for this to really matter. Um, but... Taste it at that 15 minute, 30 minute, 45 minute mark. And when it gets to that kind of, you'll see it change. And when it gets to that ideal spot, um, you'll know what the next bottle needs to do. Um, and that's that's normally what I recommend. It, serve at room temp. You don't need this chilled. Um, best kind of nice part about South African reds, in the summer, you can chill them. They don't lose that kind of... Um, flavor they don't turn into a table red if you know what i'm talking about like sometimes you you chill a red wine and it just becomes bland uh this south african reds don't do that they have enough acidity and tannins in them to to really maintain their robustness so um yeah that's pinotage if you enjoy it be sure you know order some online if you want if you're local to austin come pick it up at the south austin warehouse um if you are interested in joining our wine club uh, please do go to sawinos.com. That's S as an S and A as an A, not S-A. Um, winos.com. Uh, we've got three, six, 12 bo- bottle subscriptions, uh, either monthly, uh, semi-monthly or quarterly. Um, you do get some additional benefits with, you know, signing up for the wine club, which is, is always nice. Um, one thing of note, there are two levels of membership. There's the Texas membership and an outside of Texas uh, it's just because of shipping. So um, different prices. It does cost a little bit extra to ship out of state. So um, we do have to um, make sure to, to, to cover that component. But other than that, um, Brian, Christina, thanks for joining. Uh, we will have one more tasting in this series uh, for this month. Uh, and that's going to be the Cab Soft. So join us for that episode whenever you're ready to crack that cork. <laughs> <laughs>